Welcome to That's Orgasmic, a podcast discussing the orgasmic and not-so-orgasmic moments of all things sex, relationships, and mental health. I am your host, Emily Duncan, and I'm a sexologist who provides online sex coaching sessions to help you cultivate sexual wellness. This podcast is being recorded on Wadawurrung land. We pay our respect to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past and present. We extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Please enjoy this episode. In this episode, I'm joined with Ivana DeLune, one of Australia's most sought after burlesque dancers. We discuss burlesque, what it is, what it isn't, Ivana's experiences, the good and the bad with burlesque, a little bit of the history of it, and answer questions like, is burlesque for the male gaze and therefore anti-feminist? We also discuss a recent drama with Monash University's Christmas party. So please keep listening if you want to learn more about burlesque and hear about this Christmas party drama. Ivana DeLune, welcome to That's Orgasmic. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. (laughs) I'm super excited to have you here. So to begin with, who is Ivana DeLune? Well, she is a 28-year-old burlesque dancer from Melbourne who currently travels all over Australia and kind of the world doing burlesque every weekend and teaching burlesque workshops. Um, I love you know, the colour red, long walks on the beach, things like that. (laughs) I love it. Are you able to go into what burlesque is in case there's someone listening who's never heard of it um, and what, yeah, what that entails? Absolutely. To put it in its simplest form, these days it's very much just very elegant, historically inspired striptease. Mm -hmm. So it derives from comedy, parody, it's over the top, it's extravagant, it usually requires some really exciting costumes we love rhinestones specifically so it's all very shiny and yeah it's basically a just a fun way to express sensuality and sexuality and empowerment on stage Mm. is there anything that you would say burlesque isn't like is there any like common um misconceptions or myths when it comes to burlesque well I would say it's not burlesque the movie is probably the closest a lot of Mm -hmm. people think that we sing and dance at the same time or it's more cabaret but it's definitely not it is definitely a lot dirtier and a lot more obscene in its own little ways Mm -hmm. yeah awesome and what like made you get into burlesque well I have been dancing my whole life so I pretty much came straight out of the womb in a split, ready to dance, (laughs) ready to put myself out there. And I did all of the classical training that I could up until I was about 18 and then took a break um, to pursue uni and things like that. And then eventually I ended up dating a girl who took me to a burlesque class and I fell head over heels for it. And I realized that dancing was way more fun when you were allowed to take your clothes off. So... (laughs) yeah that that's me anyway yeah it's definitely like I've only done one burlesque class but it was the funnest dance class I've done like it was so sensual and like empowering and like 
it was just it was so much fun like I remember we were like running our hands along our body and just being aware of your body in a way that you're not normally tuning into it like it was beautiful yeah that's so awesome you should definitely do more (laughs) I know I need to I don't know if there's any in my area I haven't probably looked because I did it when I was in Perth I was over Mm. there doing my sexology course um and that one of my friends from my course was like oh come like come to this and I had so much fun yeah, it's it's a hoot. It's definitely a hoot. I'm sure there is burlesque around you. I don't know where you are, but there's burlesque everywhere. You should find it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you've recently received a lot of media attention um, for your performance at Monash, uh, the Monash Christmas party, uh, where they apparently need to offer counselling um, and a quick Google search uh, in like and looking at titles and people's comments. Like I was just seeing words like you know raunchy and trashy inappropriate and I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this honestly all of those words are massive compliments to me so I love that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it was I didn't honestly think too much about the event when I was there or afterwards it was just another day on the job it didn't seem like too much of a big deal for me evidently it turned out to be a bigger deal for them which, you know, I love to make an impression, so that's fine. Mm. I definitely wouldn't say it's one of my more risque performances. I tend to keep it quite elegant at the place that I was performing. I go for that classic burlesque look, but I'm assuming that there was some sort of communication issue where people weren't aware that I was supposed to be performing. So I can understand how the consent was not appropriately discussed or not appropriately put forwards so that people did feel unsafe or anything like that however you definitely shouldn't need counseling after one of my performances Mm -hmm. yeah I remember seeing and I was like what like I was so confused (laughs) so confused um I guess for those listening are you able to elaborate like was it just like it was their Christmas party and they've you know got burlesque dancers in for their entertainment well yeah it was at a a beautiful little speakeasy bar and it's very much New York Paris inspired it's beautiful Mm -hmm. it's very 1920s um, inspired and I was the only performer that night and I came out and I did a I think it was like a six minute routine which was like a slow strip tease which did finish in pasties and a g-string so I definitely worked the crowd and honestly I thought everyone enjoyed it at the time you know everyone's cheering and getting along with it but afterwards I think it's like maybe maybe a regret I don't know (laughs) who knows (laughs) (laughs) yeah I thought it was really interesting because when we think like what about burlesque would make a person, you know, need counselling. And I was just like, is it because it's a woman? Is it because you're seeing skin? Like, oh, my God. Um, God like, forbid. You know, seeing a body. I know. Like, it's horrific. Um, and it just it um, felt quite almost like, oh, I'm trying to think what the word is. I don't know if political is the right word. But just like, I don't know, especially just as a woman myself, as somebody who works as a sexologist, it was just kind of like a slap across the face of like we can't express ourselves here if you know what I mean yeah I do know what you mean I do know what you mean and I think it I I completely understand that because I'm on the same fence you know Mm. I I think I absolutely am all about empowerment and I'm all about women embracing their bodies and doing what they want when they want for all of the right reasons but I think when it comes to 
different work environments and things mm-hmm. like that different cultural backgrounds and if you're not told that something's going to happen sometimes like I, I I don't even like surprise parties you know if someone had a surprise party for me I think I would have a meltdown so I feel like it's a similar thing it's just it's just the conversation I don't think that they meant anything towards that that side of the argument or at least that's me trying to see the best in everyone. I'm like, mm. oh, you know, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes to any, like, even just when it does come to, when I'm thinking of like Christmas parties or events, it's generally as a rundown what's going to happen. And I can understand mm. in this case um, when, you know, it is, I guess, a work party for an organisation that isn't, let's say, a group of sexologists. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I was going to my work Christmas party um, it's, you know, obviously a different environment having that, like, I guess the, that, um, I don't want to say the word warning, but like, you know, the being informed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Being informed. Yeah. But Hey, all I know is that they have great Christmas parties. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you find that Burles often receives a kind of backlash like this? Yeah. It's, it was honestly very, very reminiscent of, the 1950s and the golden era of burlesque when women were getting arrested for doing their job and all of those kind of situations it was a very very classic thing to happen I think people have a very big misunderstanding of what burlesque is and so people you know they'll hire a burlesque performer for an event and think that they're getting the Christina Aguilera experience of someone doing a cute song and dance and there's nothing too risque. Whereas the the real the reality of it is it's a lot dirtier. It's a lot it's a lot more than you expect. And obviously there are so many different types of burlesque as well. So finding out the right performer for you is going to be a whole other thing. But people just don't really understand or don't know. So then it does receive backlash for being exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. When you say there's different types of burlesque, are you able to elaborate on that? Like what types of burlesque there are? Yeah, sure. So there's people who are a little bit more on the comedic side. There's definitely some sexier, raunchier kind of acts. It's the ability to cater a different routine for a different style of audience or a different event. It's that kind of thing. So I probably am a bit of a chameleon. I do it all. But there's, yeah, there's a lot. And you're going to add drag into it. So lots of people do lip syncing. There's all sorts of different styles of performance. It's just, it's vast. There's so much out there. Going through your Instagram, you can see that. Like um, one of the ones that stuck out to me was like, I can't remember the name of the event, but like for a metal Mm, um mm-hmm. like in a kind of a heavy metal type vibe and I thought it was just so interesting because like as you're flicking through your Instagram there's so many different types of burlesque that you can see mm-hmm. um which was awesome awesome to see and I loved the I'm just so attracted to like the classic elegant like yeah you know, like the big um uh I guess you'd call it a robe like the she robe the big yes. like, feathers like oh my gosh it's gorgeous yes the I could murder my husband robe yes I love yes, that one that's a perfect <laughs> name for it I could murder my husband <laughs> <laughs> some people with burlesque um 
would find it uh, misogynistic. And I can imagine the radical feminists out there would be like, this is tearing women down, you know, you're doing us a disjustice, this is a step backwards. Well, then there's the other end where they find it empowering. Um, And I'd just love to know, like, what your experience with this is and how you find that, like, feminism actually does intersect with burlesque. So historically speaking, burlesque was created for the male gaze. It was. I think when we actually start to break that down and have a look at that statement as itself, when you're thinking about the 1920s to the 1960s, that golden era, women weren't allowed to enjoy women's bodies. You would be persecuted for homosexuality. You would be judged and excommunicated from your families. You wouldn't it was not a safe space for a woman to go into a space like this and enjoy the female form or and enjoy this art form. So if we have a look at that and we see that being how the art form very much made a living for itself, we were only able to rely on that male gaze. Now that we've moved into the 1980s, 90s, we see women flock to this art form and women flock to the audiences as well. So I see, or at least my, you know, retrospect, being able to look back and look at this now, women aren't being persecuted. Women are able to freely love who they love and express themselves how they like. And so when we see the sexuality change, we see that people are freely allowed to embrace themselves and freely allowed to embrace each other. So it's less about enticing the audience members or enticing men it's about enticing everyone and enticing yourself most most of all it's about appreciating your body and finding a way to embrace your own sexuality and it's not for men it's it's not for men at this point and it even wasn't for men back then really it was for women to dance and make a living off of their bodies it was for them to survive and be expressive and do something that they love i think you know, the audience is a big part of your performance, but it's not everything. So I don't think it's fair to say that it is specifically something that is women trying to just become this sexy object for men, because that's definitely not the case for me. I'm sure there are performers that are interested in that kind of view, but I think it's a lot bigger than that. And I think when you are thinking about women's wants and needs and, you know, their passions it's very, very, very black and white to assume that there's just those two options. It's either good or it's bad. There's a mix of reasons why anyone does anything. And I think if anyone wants to just lump it in as this hypersexual thing that women are degrading themselves for, they haven't stopped to think about the person or the actual performer. They're looking at it as a whole and there's a lot more to that and there's a lot more to everyone in their decision making. So I think everyone just needs to chill out, (laughs) (laughs) just shake their titties and see what happens. I think when you said like even back in let's say like you know the 20s Mm. when they're um, doing this and it's for the male gaze but they're still doing it for themselves absolutely to, to make money and I think that's a really important part that people forget like uh, you know, you would hope for the most part, nobody's holding a gun up against them saying you have to do this. Yes. Like there's choice in everything. Um, and I see that even when we're just talking about like sex workers in 
you know, or, you know, different types of Mm. careers where women are using their bodies to make money. Um, And I don't see it as any different. Obviously, people are viewing the body, but it's like so many people use their bodies for work, like laborers. Absolutely. Like you're just selling your body. (laughs) Like it's just a different way. 100%. And it was a way that women could liberate themselves as well. And that's a feminist thing in itself. A woman being able to make her own money in the 1900s was a huge thing considering women weren't able to make their own bank accounts until like 50 years ago a woman being able to have her own money and not rely on a man for her income was a huge deal and so to tear women down for being able to look after themselves is is just a shame honestly Mm. truly yeah and that's I feel like that's the actual anti-feminist part Mm. yeah yeah when it um, has come to your performances, aside from like this Monash experience, is there any <laughs> other like, you know, um, wild stories that you have or any like um, funny experiences? Oh, I have so many. I have so many. I thought one, I thought of one that I thought would be fitting for you specifically because it's yeah. a, a sex party experience. I remember my first ever sex party uh, performance. And mm-hmm. I had never ever been to a sex party before at this time. And so I didn't know what to expect. And I remember walking in and not being able to find the organizer and trying to kind of work out where I was going to get ready for my performance on my own. And I remember like walking up the steps and people trying to lure me into like these <laughs> bed situations and coming across and being like, oh no, sorry, I'm just here for work. Like I'm just trying to find where to go and opening doors and trying to find like where I should get ready and I'm like opening doors to bedrooms and thinking okay there's no lock on this door if I start getting undressed here maybe someone's going to come in and think oh okay let's go for it Mm -hmm. so trying to find a bathroom eventually finding a bathroom and people yeah knocking on coming in and being like oh wow how exciting that's so fun and just having to navigate this whole other world was so wild but by the time I got on stage and performed everyone was very 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 happy um I that's when I got the nickname the foreplay for the foreplay (laughs) (laughs) I love that nickname yeah especially in sex party situations you come in there and you're sort of the the spicy beginning for a a spicy evening yeah because by the like at the point when you perform are people already being sexual or is this more like you know that warm-up getting people excited I would say it's usually in the warm-up I'm sure that there are people who get right to business right away but when I got there it was just people sort of finding their people and all of that trying to find their little moments and everything but I have been to sex parties where it's right in the middle and I remember walking up a staircase once and being so confronted by some of the most heavy scenes I've ever seen in my life but hey it's a good time <laughs> yeah sex parties are a good time and you can only imagine what it would be like performing in a room where there's people you know fucking around you yeah like that would be I don't know how I would go trying to focus on my like you know just focusing on me and my yeah. performance and trying to like you know not just get distracted by what's going on around me I feel like, yeah, that's just sort of the moment where you're sitting there and you you decide that you have to pull more attention than can go anywhere else. So it's, yeah, you have to be quite, I suppose, um, present 
<laughs> yeah. And at a sex party, is that a more, um, like, as you were saying, there's more, like, you know, risky or risque, like, um, Absolutely. performances? Is that the type of, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. That's why when all of this stuff happened with the university, I was thinking to myself, you have no idea how tame of a performance you got from me. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. I think that's, yeah, I think it's really cool that they have those performances at sex parties. I don't know if people mm. like listening would be aware of that because um, I've heard when they've gotten um, like pole dancers in mm. um, or people to do like a strip tease and like burlesque and things. I think it's a really cool just like added like just added benefit if it's like at that sex party. Yeah, I find it. I think the good part about it is it's often a really good conversation starter so if you go by yourself or something and you see this performance you can at least be you can go up to someone and say how cool was that performance and you've already got something to talk about that isn't specifically about yourself yeah definitely because a very sex place can be a very like daunting experience especially if it's like your first one or if it's a new venue because it's obviously new people and new rooms and new everything new vibes the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> um do you have any um maybe not so enjoyable experiences like some things that um you like for people that don't do this when you're going to burlesque yeah I would say the number one is just don't touch the performer and I think consent is a huge part of that and consent's a huge thing in general you know we're all adults at these venues and these events so I think that's where we should know better and sometimes people don't and I understand that usually it comes from a place of ignorance rather than necessarily being malicious but those are the situations where I try to educate people as much as possible even if it's midway through a performance if someone comes out and grabs me I will tell them to keep their hands to themselves or I will tell them that that made me uncomfortable or find a way to talk to them to let them know that that behavior isn't acceptable because these performances can be quite intimate the performer might come right up to you and only when the performer explicitly asks you to do something with them will that be okay and it is okay to then engage if once you've got that permission or that discussion happens otherwise you don't touch what's not yours Mm, yeah I think that's really important and I've heard not necessarily burlesque stories but where I've had friends that um work as like strip dancers and like some of the stories it's just like just because somebody is um you know performing with their body mm. does not mean that you that invites you to then touch their body or yeah. do whatever you want all that it is very similar it, obviously the degrees of nudity add to the level of danger in terms of mm-hmm. how you can be touched but it is quite similar in the way that people somehow interpret that as an invitation mm. yeah that's definitely where I guess education and hopefully moving forward we we yes, get that's better. It. That's it. I, I'm always I'm always sitting there trying to educate as much as I can and trying to do it in a way that people can also understand. I never want to make someone feel like or I never want to ruin someone's night for something that they might have done just thinking that it was like a cheeky thing or mm. trying to be playful when they weren't aware of the etiquette and I'm someone or who always tries to look on the bright side and give the benefit of the doubt so I 
educate to make sure that they won't do it again. And if they are pushing the boundaries after that, you you do not get a second chance with me. <laughs> yeah, get out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Is there any um, other things that you think with burlesque that are um, that you would like to discuss or that you think are important for people to know about? Yeah, I think if people are interested in burlesque, I think it's really important to find good resources for educating themselves, whether that's um, learning from a teacher or learning from online. There's a vast amount of resources surrounding burlesque and what it is. I think there's a lot of people who get really excited about the art form and want to dive right in. And I completely understand that because I was very much the same. But if you want to do the art form justice and you want to do it thoughtfully, carefully, and in my mind, I say the words properly, it is through doing research about the history. It's through finding resources and talking to people who have been doing it for longer than you. It's through watching movies and pop culture and going through the history. The history is so vast and the women who took the risks to perform this incredible art form need to be appreciated and they need to be really respected because if they weren't out there doing this before us, we wouldn't have the chance to do this today. And they took all of the risks. They took all of the heat. You know, a lot of them ended up excommunicated by their families. They got shunned. They were labeled as lewd women and they were arrested. All of these things happened to these people so that we could get up on stage without persecution to do a sexy dance today. So I love reading into the history and learning about the trailblazers that came before me. So I'm a big advocate for doing research and I know that that's such a vague term and there's so much more that goes into that, but find as much as you can on the topic because it is, it's been around for nearly a thousand years. So yeah, that's my... Do you have any, yeah, do you have any resources you'd recommend or like any movies that you would recommend people watching? totally. I love a couple of artists in particular if you can find anything with Josephine Baker she's incredible but I think my favorite movie that I've ever watched is Lady of Burlesque which is a 1940s film it's black and white it's based on a book by Gypsy Rose Lee who was a performer who ended up a novelist as well she was one of the most famous burlesque performers and it was originally called The G-String Murders and then it was called Lady of Burlesque um, for the movie and it's basically a murder mystery movie set in a burlesque house so it's very very authentic and the um the weapon of choice is a g-string so mm. i think it's very cool <laughs> that is super cool and very cool weapon of choice <laughs> i know i know i've got to write that down <laughs> <laughs> so what's something that is orgasmic to you taking my clothes off on stage and in front of a large audience that is orgasmic to me yeah i love that and where can those listening find your content, workshops, dances, be able to uh, book you for a burlesque dance? Yes, you can find me pretty much on every single social media platform. If there's social media, I probably have it. And it's under Avana Deloon. I also have a website where you can find all of my upcoming events, including burlesque workshops, where you can learn how to 
shake and shimmy and bump and grind from me and I travel all across Australia and hopefully the world soon so if you are worried about where I can be I'll probably be with you soon (laughs) amazing and I'll definitely have to try and check out one of these workshops yeah that would be so much fun yes it is it is a hoot with the workshops is it um literally just doing the dance like learning a dance during the workshop so it depends on the workshop my burlesque 101 is my most popular because that's a very much like gateway into the industry we start with a little bit of the history and then we move into our basic moves and how we can stand with poise and grace and then we do learn a little routine including some glove peels and some little light strip tees and yeah it's a it's a really good time yeah awesome well everyone should definitely go check that out and I just wanted to thank you for coming on and sharing your experience in burlesque and letting us know a little bit about what burlesque is thanks for having me it's been a pleasure as always shaggers please if you can subscribe on whatever platform you used to listen to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and it also helps the podcast reach more people which helps keep me posting episodes Another thing that really helps is leaving reviews. They take a few seconds as well and it means the world to me, either a review or a rating, whatever you're feeling. And please reach out if you have any comments or questions, stories, either to my Instagram at thatsorgasmic or my email emilyduncan at thatsorgasmic.com. So thank you, Shaggers, and I'll see you next time. (gasps) 